Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. How's it going, everybody? Your Ben Jarofsky Show. Oh, what a week. For Friday, April 6th, 15th, this brought to you by SEIU Healthcare, Illinois, Indiana. I think we're done. The Chicago Federation of Labor. I think we're done. The Chicago Teachers Union. I think we're done. And, of course... Chicago Reader. ChicagoReader.com for all things there is to know the city of Chicago, where to go, what to do, what to eat, what to drink, what kind of reefer to smoke, and so much more, including columns from our very own Ben Jarofsky. In fact, Ben, tell everybody about your latest column in the Chicago Reader. Oh, my God. Listeners of the Ben Jarofsky show will recognize what I wrote about it. You know, I've been talking about it all week. In fact, I just had a great conversation with Stacey Davis-Gates about it. Uh, and that, of course, was the New York Times headline. In the aftermath of the Katanji Brown-Jackson confirmation hearings, they wrote a headline that somehow or, somehow or other, the New York Times concluded that these hearings would be beneficial to Republicans' efforts to make inroads with black voters. The Republicans spent the last week or so utter completely, totally, unfairly trashing Katanji Brown-Jackson, this incredibly, eminently qualified woman uh, who is about to become the first black woman to become a Supreme Court justice, and they think that's how you make the reach out to black voters. And I just said, you know what this is, ladies and gentlemen? Uh-oh. I, where did Barack Obama come from? Out of the middle, all of a sudden. I find my inner, it's more like my inner Alexi Giannullius finding his inner Barack Obama, finding his inner Dr. D, who probably does the best imitation of Barack Obama of any of us. Uh, oh, I, I don't think I can beat Alexi Giannullius. <laughs> I'm Alexi Giannullius. I was inspired to enter public service by my friend and basketball buddy, this president. Yeah. Anyway, what I was saying is the Republicans, they know how to mess with your mind, liberals, lefties, Democrats. And they just twisted to get in there. And they get the New York Times to do their bidding. So we talked about this yesterday, D. New York Times is like, how can we get hits? I know. We'll put something really stupid in there to inflame liberals and scare them, and they'll click. <laughs> anyway, that's my column was. That's my column. Check it out. Chicago Reader. ChicagoReader.com. And if you want to help out this program, you can. ChicagoReader.com forward slash Jarofsky. J-O-R-A. V is in victory, S-K-Y. There you'll find uh, the columns. You'll find the episodes of the Ben Jarofsky Show. Over 1,300 episodes, guys. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Hey, Joe Rogan, see us? We're coming for you, big guy. <laughs> like Joe Rogan, oh, yeah, bring it on. Yeah. You're good. You're good, Joe. Don't worry about it. <laughs> the Ben Jarofsky Show starts now. It is Friday, April 15th, and this is the Ben Jarofsky Show's Oh, What a Week. And now your host, Chicago Reader columnist Ben Jarofsky. 
Hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this Elon Musk Day Friday, and here's why. Because you got this headline right in front of me. Elon Musk wants to buy Twitter. Oh, what a slick guy. First of all, Elon Musk, first he says, I'm just going to buy like, you know, 9% of Twitter. Just I'm going to make an investment in it. And then the next thing you know, I want the whole thing. He's got these lawyers and accountants and bankers working overtime. He's got squadrons of them like working overtime to figure out how he can pay whatever it has to pay to buy Twitter, get a controlling interest of Twitter, right? Without spending his own money. Uh, that's the challenge. What is he offering to buy Twitter? D? Let me look. $40 billion. Somewhere like a kajillion? Kajillion, I mean. $40 billion. You can get the Ben Jarofsky show for a lot less than that, Elon Musk. Just saying. Anyway, enough Elon Musk talk. It's time to kick the thing over to to the young doctor from Alton, Illinois, with Oh, What a Week. All right, how's it going? Uh, Let's talk about what happened this week in Chicago and or Illinois. We begin in Illinois. When we last left you, Illinois' legislative session was drawing a close. Apparently, they went past the Friday midnight deadline. Ben was knocked out. He was asleep. (laughs) And didn't finish until 6, 10 a.m. Saturday. Here are the budget details. Uh, It'll be in the quickest fashion possible because, well, this gets a little boring. In fact, let me add a little music to try and spice this up, huh? All right, here we go. Let's talk the legislative session. Here is what was approved. A $46 billion plus spending plan. $1.8 billion in tax relief measures, including $300 rebates for homeowners and $50 checks to residents with a series of anti-crime measures. The Tribune has all the details in its four-bylined story. Of course, Republicans push back at every turn, calling Democrats' proposals gimmicks to woo voters in an election year. Along with receiving direct checks of about $50, residents will see a message on their grocery store receipts saying Illinois is suspending the 1% grocery tax from July 1st through July 1st, 2023, and a gas tax increase that was scheduled to go into effect July 1st. It has been suspended for six months. After the session wrapped up, Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker spoke to reporters praising a terrific day that saw enormous and historic victories for the people of Illinois. He said our backlog is paid off, our pension liabilities are reduced, and our rainy day fund is recovering, and we are delivering a $1.8 billion of direct tax relief to the people we serve. Ben Jarofsky, your thoughts? God, many, many, many thoughts. So let's start with this question. So pretend you're posing this very difficult question to me. Okay. Is, is it true, as the Republicans say, that this is an election year gimmick? That's your question, a bold question to me. And here's my response. Of course it is. Duh. Hello, Republicans. We're, they're making like you, Republicans. Yes, there's an election year coming. So they're going to put some money in people's pockets. And they're going to make sure they get these checks. I don't know if Pritzker's name will be on the check. Not like Donald John Trump. Remember when he set up the check? He made sure he signed the checks. I didn't hear you crying about that, Republicans. See, this is the problem with Republicans. One of the many problems, D. They have no credibility. You know what else was an election year gimmick, D? Four years ago when Bruce Ronner, uh, beat you to it. <laughs> when Bruce Ronner, uh, the governor, the uh, Republican governor of Illinois, uh, who spent the first three years not having a budget, had a budget for his last year. Uh, better get around to being the governor. I didn't see you crying about that, Republicans. 
So, yes, the games politicians play. We have to see through them. Right? Now they're giving out uh, the, the Illinois budget has been fortified with billions of dollars in COVID relief from the feds. So there's a little room to maneuver. A COVID relief that the most Republicans opposed. They were outraged that any money would be spent for anything other than whatever. I don't know. They had like a list of like two things that you could spend it on. They were so mad at the notion that uh, Illinois would use budget re- uh, COVID relief to pay down its pension obligation. Even the editorial boards of the Sun-Times are treatment. This is outrageous. Why? Why? Why is it so outrageous? That we give a, if it's okay to give a little relief to taxpayers, why not get some relief getting the feds to pick up some of the obligations for our pension funds? I would argue, I would argue it's the least the Republicans in Washington could do for the fact that some of our people in Illinois are such great supporters of them. The Fraternal Order Police, for instance, money will go to help their pensions. I think we should applaud the feds for giving us uh, budget relief for pensions. So, D, yes, it clearly is an election year uh, gimmick. Uh, It's an attempt to get voters to think they're getting something directly from J.B. Pritzker. Uh, it's an attempt of, by the legislators of Illinois to make people in Illinois feel that they're looking out for their interests. And by the way, the whole thing about the gas, have you been following this one, the gas tax thing? It's a whole ongoing debate. We haven't talked about it on the show, D. Um, and gas prices are, of course, spiraling up. That's the sound of gas prices going up. Here, one more time. Okay. Uh, here's Elon Musk. <laughs> There you go, smoking pot. I get it. Cat's crazy. That's Joe Rogan. Uh, who's this? I think we're done here. Oh, that, who's that? That's me. If you keep these impressions going. <laughs> Very well done. That was really quick. The Dems they uh, took the gas tax uh, hike away, uh, and so that they were not. They don't want to be contributing to the skyrocketing amount you pay when you fill your uh, tank, and they want credit for that. So they uh, are ordering that all gas stations put a little sign next to the pump uh, that says uh, the tax will be reduced uh, as a result of action by the state legislature. So uh, Republicans are like, this is outrageous that they're giving themselves credit for this. This is outrageous. And the, the uh, I, th- I think the gas station lobby is prepared to file a lawsuit against it out of first amendment who knows what they're whatever they got a lawyer they're going to put that lawyer to use file the lawsuit they may win that's not the point of the story the point of the story i was like yeah that's kind of ridiculous to put that little sign on there and then here was the the democratic rebuttal day they said if we don't put that sign up there uh motorists won't be aware that the uh they no longer have to pay the tax and so d some unscrupulous gas station operators will still charge you for the tax, but they will pocket the money since they will not be required to turn the tax over to the government. I said, oh, my God. <laughs> I hadn't thought of that. And see, here's the thing. As old as I am and as jaded as I am. Very old, politics, very jaded. I'm still not that jaded that I saw that one come. Now, you, on the other hand, I'll bet you would have figured that one out a lot. You, Dennis is like, there's that edge of streetwise to him that he has that I don't have. I've noticed this over the years. 
You know what I'm saying, D? I think you learned this from your father. Oh. Like, you would have seen that scam coming along before I would. I'd be like, oh, wow. Oh, we're getting a brick in the tax without realizing I'm paying it and without realizing that some unscrupulous gas station operator is pocketing it. So there you go, D. That's, is that a gimmick when the Democrats do that? Or are they protecting you, the consumer, from unscrupulous gas station operators? Republicans in this stand and this station will stand up for the gas station operators because that's where they're at. If the Democrats say blue, the Republicans say red. If the Democrats say it's cloudy out, but the sun is behind the clouds, the, Democrat, the Republicans will say there are, is no sun. It doesn't exist. You say X, I say Y. That's where we're at, D, in the state of politics, in the state of Illinois. All right, moving on. We will be covering our Illinois primary election candidate or candidates in moments. But first, the incumbent governor, J.B. Pritzker. Big problems become <laughs> big problems when you let small problems sit. And this week, Pritzker's problems pertain to prairie land. But honestly, I could see JB easily shrugging this one off. The enemy is you. All right, easy, buddy. <laughs> For the past eight months, members of the Save Bell Bowl Prats. Oh, yeah. You thought that first one was a tongue twister. Listen to this one. Members of the Save Bell Bowl Prairie Coalition have been slamming Governor JB Pritzker's office with emails, petitions, text tweets, phone calls, and old-fashioned letters, pleading with the governor to broker a deal that would save a patch of ancient prairie from demolition by the Greater Rockford Airport Authority, which plans to rip up the prairie as part of a major expression of the airfield's cargo operation. The Pritzker administration has been silent, but an ad dropped weeks ago by the J.B. Pritzker Please Vote For Me Again campaign may be all the Saved by the Prairie Bell people need to hear. Carrie Lee, executive director of the Natural Land Institute, said she distinctly heard echoes of the talking points the airport authority has used in its ongoing battle against the Save Bell Bowl coalition by portraying the conservationists as anti-development and anti-commerce. Rob Telfer of Friends of Illinois Nature Preserves, a nonprofit that's allied itself with Natural Land Institute in the fight for Bell Bowl, said, quote, what I got out of the commercial is Pritzker's only listening to the airport. Pritzker's re-election campaign dropped a 30-second TV ad called Cargo Load. And in the ad, it asks, do you know what city has the fastest growing cargo airport in the world? Rockford, Illinois. And as governor, J.B. Pritzker made it happen. We have the ad. Like to hear it? Here it go. Do you know what city has the fastest growing cargo airport in the world? It's right here in Illinois. Rockford, Illinois. And as Governor J.B. Pritzker helped make it happen. By investing in new capacity for our airport and funding millions to train workers. Business has already tripled. And the upcoming expansion will create hundreds of new jobs. Across Illinois, we're improving infrastructure and creating jobs. There's a lot left to do, but Illinois is moving forward. Very nice coat he's wearing. Was that Pritzker talking there? Yeah. I can see it. Yeah. That didn't sound like JB. Yeah, that's yelling JB. Oh, I see. I see. A lot left to do, but Illinois is moving forward. Yeah, that's JB. Yeah, guys, okay, that's a Democrat who would be under siege from Republicans uh, if he blocked this uh, airport from expanding in order to preserve a prairie. That's a de that's how Democrat. And by the way, I mean, I would say that most Democrats 
would be on the side of expanding the airport D. I would say that the number of people who are passionate about preserving a prairie is far less than the number of people who uh, would want to expand the airport. I would bet you anything. And people don't take seriously the dangers of the environment. Uh, Donald Trump got w- w- was elected by saying uh, climate change is a hoax. So Rick Taylor just wrote a great column about this in the Sun-Times. He was reflecting. Rick Taylor, a, a sports columnist, like the best column, in my humble opinion, in the Sun-Times last week, a political column, was written by a sports columnist. Let's figure that one out. About Earth Day and how we've just kind of like forgotten the environment. And uh, so, yes, there's the world that exists uh, for people, environmentalists and preservationists who understand the impact of our destruction on the earth. And then there's the world that exists of capitalism in America, which says build more, plow it over. Let's go more highways, more airports, more gasoline. So, D, I got to be with the preservationists. I got to be when I think about it. On the other hand. A guy like me is in an attic. <laughs> that is true. Uh, you know, I'm not going to get elected. J.B. Pritzker operates in the real world. And in the real world, ladies and gentlemen, I hate to tell this to you, there are more votes to be gained by expanding the airport than from preserving the prairie. Just said it, D. I said it. Uh-oh, here come the phone calls. You mother <laughs> Anyway. I'll tell my mom to stop calling you. Okay. <laughs> That's not true. She didn't call me and say, you mother beast. Like, Yeah, like I said, it seems like something that JB will easily just go, ah, okay, shrug that off. We're done. You know, doesn't seem like he's going to really get too invested in this, right? I, I sense this is his attempt uh, to show that he and Democrats like him are pro-business uh, that they see that that whole thing, that whole debate, the way it's it just feel like like how you read the story where the person who's in, f- in favor of the prairie says I, we're not anti-development. People are on the defensive. You, 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 it's like Republicans are never on the defensive about things. You know, you don't see like Ron DeSantis saying, you know, uh, I am like when he uh, when he has a, a bill that says you can't teach about uh uh, race, history of race or slavery, or you can't teach, you can't teach about, uh, you can't even say gay in a classroom, you know, because that's like what? Indoctrinating children. You never see him being defensive about it. He's always standing up for what he believes in. We talk about this with Delmarie Cobb, one of the difference between Democrats and Republicans. Democrats are always defensive. And lefties in general are always in the defensive. So the preservationists are saying we're not anti-development. You know what I'm saying? Because they don't want to be labeled. Oh, you're just anti-development. I, I did so many stories about development in the city of Chicago D in the 90s. And they just, oh, that, you're anti-development. You hate de- developers. Well, I don't hate developers. Like, I'll go have lunch with you. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, what a weird thing to say. That was the days when Mayor Daly was in charge. I had to deal with his. Oh, God. What a crew that was. Anyway, um, so, yeah, uh, Pritzker is trying just to show that he's just not some hippie in the attic, that he's a businessman and he understands the needs of business and commerce and capitalism. That's what's going on. there. Yeah, it's like, hey, guys, I'm really rich. So, I mean, you know, we're going to go ahead and uh, (laughs) we're going to go ahead and keep that going. 
All right, now to the challengers. It's time for a 2022 Illinois primary election candidate update. This is a 2022 Illinois primary election candidate update. (laughs) All right. And we begin with the puppet master himself. And please do not fool yourself, all right? When it comes to the Republican gubernatorial primary, he's the one really running the show. Illinois' richest man, Kenny G. Ken Griffin. For those new to Illinois politics, this is the guy that will pay or do anything or everything to get Governor Pritzker out of office. Well, everything besides the one thing that would probably work actually run himself. Looks like other people have been bringing this up to old Mr. Moneybags in a recent interview. He was asked about running for office. Mr. Griffin said his plate is currently full. He said, I would like to think that at some point in my life, I will have that opportunity to be involved in public service. So the thing I've been saying for months been, dude, run yourself. Looks like he's definitely not going to do that. No. And yeah, let's give Dennis credit. He was saying it long before, I don't know where that interview was, long before that reporter stumbled on it. By the way, did he give you credit? No, I don't Wait, let so. me look. <laughs> no, he didn't. <laughs> Wouldn't that be funny? Uh, as Dennis, uh, the guy on the Ben Jarofsky show says, uh, but yeah, you made that, uh, that point a long time ago. And it's like, yeah, why don't you run for office? And uh, listen, the dude is worth $25 billion. That's billion with a B. He's worth... Uh, much more than J.B. Pritzker is worth, who like set all the records. He's worth, I think, J.B. is three point five billion, and so he's already kicked in twenty five million in Richard Irvin's campaign. So, D, I think I don't think he, um, I, I don't think it's a, he should even bother about running. Running is hard work, and you got to go listen to people and talk to people and shake hands and do all kinds of stuff like that and have commercials about airports and. Cargo right. and stuff. You got to get you your know. hands dirty. All right. Yeah, and yeah. that's he, he. I'm telling you, man. You got to remember that poster in The Godfather. Remember that poster where you see the hands of the puppet master in the air, but not the head or the face, just the hands. And then you have the string going down, and there's someone dangling from it. And he wants to be the man with the hands. That's what he wants to be. Ah. He want to be the guy dangling at the and the, who wants to be the guy dangling at the end of the strings? Well, I guess Richard Irvin does. But aside from him, so I tell you who's the maddest guy in the race. I say this all the time. Jesse Sullivan. Damn you, Richard Irvin. Because Jesse Sullivan was angling for that role, kind of trying to play it like he's a moderate, <laughs> just doing enough MAGA talk to get through this primary. And out of nowhere, here comes Richard Irvin, and he got the man's money. So, yeah, D, I don't, I, I would, I would say that uh, Ken Griffin long ago came to the conclusion that it's better be the puppet master than the puppet. You got to get your hands dirty. I really think that. Like, I think that there's a little bit of that to Donald Trump's success. Like, you know, before he ran, you know, people downstate were like, who is this city slicker douchebag? But then he got his hands dirty a little bit, and they're like, you know what? He ain't that bad. <laughs> Uh, the accents of uh, Dr. D do not necessarily reflect those. In the bed. He's allowed to have those accents, ladies and gentlemen, because he grew up and all there. And there have been fabulously wealthy people. I mean, really, really rich people who've run for office well, long before anyone who's listening to this show's time. The governor of New York was Nelson Rockefeller of the Rockefellers. Ever heard of him? Yeah. JC, the 
record label he has? Yeah, Rockefeller. Rockefeller. All right, let's uh, let's move away from Millennial Land and come back to Boomerland. Go ahead, Dean. All right, now to head puppet. I think we're done. The campaign, of course, is not done. Republican gubernatorial <laughs> candidate Richard Irvin. The Richard Irvin Please Vote For Me campaign is out with another mailer. You gotta love mailers. In the email, he lets fellow Republican hopeful Jesse Sullivan, the guy you just mentioned, he let Jesse Sullivan have it. The Aurora mayor slams fellow Republican and rips Sullivan for backing open borders in amnesty for illegal immigrants. How dare you? It was based on an article Sullivan wrote some 15 years ago. Ben, what were you doing 15 years ago? Uh, Probably uh, 15 years ago. Let me do the math. Oh, 2007, I was big time coaching. So that's what I was doing. I was in a whole different phase of existence. Yeah, I had hair. I was like 22 years old. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, your day probably began much like today. Things change in 15 years. But it should be noted, and Mr. Irvin, I'm beginning to see a pattern here. It should be noted that Irvin has supported Aurora as a sanctuary city and has praised DACA, or Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals, the policy that allows some immigrants to stay in the United States even if they don't have citizenship. How dare you? Irvin in 2019 also said Aurora backs Governor Pritzker and Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot in prohibiting the use of our resources to aid or support ICE in its enforcement activities. In the statement, Irvin vowed that Aurora police will continue their practices of declining to ask for a person's immigration status. Yes, uh, this is a constant theme on the show and in my columns. Uh, the phoniness of Richard Irvin. Uh, and as I said many times, he's basically a centrist Democrat uh, posing as a MAGA man. And that's the script that Kenny G uh, had his political operatives write for him because Kenny G realizes that you can't get elected in the Republican primary. You cannot be the Republican nominee uh, unless you're singing the MAGA song. And so that is requiring Richard Irvin to undo everything he believed in before he decided to run with Kenny G's backing for the Republican uh, nomination. I think you should never forget that, Illinois voters. And whatever shreds of decency either Jesse Sullivan or Richard Irvin had before they jumped into this race, they're going to just discard. They're going to pretend they never existed or they're going to rip them to shreds because, again, this is the script they have to read from. They are too afraid to tell MAGA that MAGA is wrong on any issue. You can't disagree. And, and you're not even allowed to like make the most basic of assertions like Joe Biden won the last election. You can't even say that. So you have to do what Willie Wilson did. Willie Wilson, a Republican running for mayor of the city of Chicago. You have to do what Willie Wilson said. That's a personal question. You don't answer it. So it's a pathetic sign of the times for the Republican Party. I cannot pretend that I was ever a Republican. I'm not one of those people who say this is not the Republican Party I was a member of because I was never a member of the Republican Party. But it is pretty pathetic. And I do remember times when there were more moderate type Republicans who would now probably fit into sort of the Rahm Emanuel wing of the Democratic Party. You know, Jim Edgar, Jim Thompson, George Ryan, et cetera, those three governors I just named. Uh, So 
it's just a sign of the times that Richard Urban, who is essentially for the first, I don't know how old he is, 45, I want to say, for the first 44 years of his life. I'm going to look it up. Go ahead, though. Yeah. First, the majority of his life was your basic centrist Democrat, whether he called himself a Republican or not. And now all of a sudden he's back, oh man. <laughs> By the way, um, I just did a little promotion here. Uh, we did a recording uh, with Stacey Davis Gates, and uh, what, she went on a riff about Richard Irvin D. That was just pretty amazing. So I urge everybody, <laughs> we're dropping that one. <laughs> Stacey was on fire. Good Lord. Uh, and uh, sort of like Hendrix on guitar, man. Just a great riff. So Stacey Davis Gates drops tomorrow morning, so you can check that out. The question at hand, how old is Republican gubernatorial candidate Richard Irvin? Ben, what was your what was your guess? My guess was 45. 45. Ben, is that your final answer? Yes, sir. Well, you're wrong. Oh, <laughs> oh wow. He was born the same uh, day as my mom. Well... March 29th, uh, 1970. Richard Irvin is 52 years old. Damn. 1970 is already 52? Mm-hmm. Whoa, time is... Uh-oh, here's time flying, Dave. 52 years old. I wrote that down. 52. Well, I made him a young man. You should be happy with me, Richard Irvin. And to quote Tower Power, you're still a young man. Hey, anybody out there over the age of 60 recognize that song, Still a Young Man, Tower Power? I think the year was 1972. Check it out. Anybody? 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 <laughs> it's one of the greatest songs of the 70s, ladies and gentlemen, which means it's one of the greatest songs of all time, because as we all know, the 70s were the greatest times. Back to you, D. Now to a previous Irvin campaign mailer. Like I said, this guy loves what, what Luncheons is to Lightfoot. <laughs> Mailers is to Richard Irvin. Now to a previous Irvin campaign mailer, one involving Obama cookies. By the way, nice to see you using that Kenny G money, Richard Irvin, on something I do for free all the time. Talk trash on emails. Okay. Irvin ripped another Republican gubernatorial hopeful downstate farmer, Darren Bailey. That is correct. Uh, this mailer is, it's a wild one. All right. I like this one. All right. Bailey's campaign admitted, oh, here's what it reads. Uh, Irvin ripped another gubernatorial hopeful, Darren. The mailer reads, Bailey's campaign admitted that he had voted for Barack Obama in the 2008 Democrat primary. While Obama was campaigning against real Republicans like Richard Irvin, Bailey was hoping you never learned his Obama-sized secret. And then there's a picture. And how awesome is this? This is Ben Jarofsky's show material right here. The mailer says, see for yourself. Darren even posed with his Obama cookies. And then there is a legit picture of Darren Bailey with a batch of cookies with Obama logos on it. How dare you? Do you think the, that photo was photoshopped? I'm just, I don't know. Maybe I'm in a very uh, skeptical frame of mind. If you ask me who who would be more likely, I'm, I'm going to put this question to you, D. No ducking and dodging. Oh, good, good. All right, let's go back in time. The year 2008. Which candidate is more likely, in your humble opinion, to have voted for Barack Obama for president against John McC- McCain? DB Darren Bailey or Richard Irvin? Go. <laughs> wow, that's tough. <laughs> Very tough. Uh, based on um, Richard Irvin. 
I, I would say it's not that tough. And I would venture to say Richard Irvin voted for him. Oh God. And I'm starting to talk like him as I do this bit. I don't know what's going on. Help. I'm turning on Alexi Genulius. All of a sudden I have a jump shot. Whoosh, whoosh. <laughs> Hiccup. Where did that hiccup come from? Anyway, I would have to say this, is the, by the way, folks, again, this just points out the utter absurdity of the Republican Party. It's like a crime to say that you voted for Barack Obama. A man who ran as a son of Illinois. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, what would be wrong with saying you voted for Barack Obama? I don't know. You could pivot and say he disappointed me. You could say I really wanted to vote uh, to really send a message about how equality in America, a black man is running. And so that, you know, I'm free of prejudice. Give him a shot. You know, he's from Illinois. I'm from Illinois. I mean, I'm giving you guys all the reasons you can say, yeah, I voted for him. But he disappointed me. And I've, uh, you know. I, listen, I don't want to go any further, D, and give them any more ideas. The point is, you probably voted for him. DB may have voted for him for all I I've taken a look at those numbers from downstate, uh, Dennis, and it's surprising how strong Obama's support is. I say surprising because a lot of these areas are just so hardcore Trump and anti-Pritzker. But Obama got a lot of votes. Jesse White got a lot of votes from these precincts. So it's like... Oh, did you vote for Jesse White? Is that now going to be something horrible? Jesse White, Secretary of State, ladies and gentlemen. I know everybody who listens to the Ben Drosky show knows who Jesse White is. But just in case there's the one person going, who's Jesse White? So, D, it's like that's how insane the Republicans are. He voted for Obama. And Richard Irvin, you're putting that message out? Man, your campaign themes are all over the freaking map. You know, and you watch whoever wins the election or the nomination D, there'll be a pivot. Here's a prediction. And all of a sudden they will say something like, you know, I, I voted for Obama and he really disappointed me and I saw the light. And so that's the problem with the radical left there. I told you what they were going to say. I said, I wasn't going to say what they were going to say. Now I'm telling you what they're going to say. The radical left. It was different. You hear Blagojevich say that. Rob Bogoyevich, you know, the former governor of Illinois, who was a Democrat his whole life. Now he's a Trumpocrat. You know that, Rob Bogoyevich, because Trump let him out of prison? Bogoyevich, isn't that the Democratic Party of my youth? Oh, really? <laughs> what? The Democratic Party of your youth was what? More conservative than this Democratic Party? Come on, Blago. It's like the Democrats haven't changed, ladies and gentlemen. They pretty much are who they are. That's my inner, um, what's his name? Uh, the coach from the Arizona Cardinals, Dennis Green. That's oh, my yeah, guy. yeah. The Bears who were who they, we threw they were. I blew that one. <laughs> I'm a Trumpocrat. The Trumpocrats, that's right. Well, it's interesting. Like, these guys are, like, kind of, like, going back and forth here about, like, what, who's more open-minded and more more of a free thinker? Yeah. No, that, that the whole issue of open-mindedness is a funny one. Like, those are things I look for in a candidate. And these guys yeah. are, like, trying to, like, stay away from, oh, now, now, hold on. I am not open-minded. How dare you? No, but that open-mindedness, quote-unquote, will come back in popularity for whoever wins the nomination. <laughs> and they'll be whispering to MAGA, oh, look, MAGA. 
I don't really mean what I'm about to say, but I have to say it to win over a swing voter in Elmhurst. So just put up with me while I say this. I was open-minded. I'm, uh, <laughs> even the Republicans will start talking like Obama. Okay, this is DB uh, doing Obama. Uh, open-minded? Uh, oh, my God. The, <laughs> the thoughts and actions of Ben Jarofsky do not reflect those of Dennis. How offensive. I want to hear your... Darren Bailey doing Obama. Go. I uh, <laughs> I may buy a hog. Hogs are good. Peanut butter cut. Conservative. Can't stand when he has a better imitation than I do. All night I'm up at night practicing and then come on the show and he's better All right, than me. Now, Bailey did respond to Irvin's criticism. He responded on Twitter. And he's not going to stand for that, all right? Bailey's tweet reads... Richard Irvin's campaign is lying and trying to mislead people because they despise conservatives like us. Don't be fooled by their lies and fake news. I'm a supporter of President Trump and a lifelong Republican. Irvin's a liar and a career Democrat. Oh, a career Democrat. Oh, Lord. There you go, MAGA. There are your candidates. Go enjoy it. Now, I have proof that you have supported ideas that sound kind of friendly and nice to people. Ah, that ain't me. <laughs> now, since we're covering tweets, and since there really isn't much else to cover in our Republican gubernatorial primary, I figured I would share with everyone the latest tweets from some of the other gubernatorial candidates. I guess it's an Illinois primary hail to the tweet special. All right, let's read some of these tweets. Our first tweet is from candidate Jesse Sullivan. The tweet reads, the unemployment rate in Illinois is 1.1% higher than the national average. Our state is still missing 30% of the jobs we had before the pandemic. Pritzker's lockdowns and mandates have caused devastating damage that will last for years to come if we do not make a change. Wow. I, I don't know how persuasive it is. First of all, who knows how accurate any of those numbers are? So that's a whole deep dive and what those numbers mean and what the real context of those numbers are. So any kind of see, there's the difference between a campaign assertion uh, and then like our in-depth analysis. I used to do in-depth analysis. Did yeah, I did. Yeah, all the time. I go, what a loser's game that is. I'm now going to explain to you guys for the 100 millionth time how TIFFs raise your taxes. And the, oh, let's not pay attention to this guy. So anyway, there's a difference between an in-depth analysis where you're really trying to figure out, like, what's going on with the Illinois economy? And how is it related to the policies of the various politicians? And how is it related to taxes? And how is it related to the weather? And how is it related to just economic trends that have nothing to do with Illinois. You know what I'm saying? That's like a in-depth analysis. How does that have to do with people's like getting outpriced of a neighborhood and people moving into a neighborhood? And so it's like considered good when people move into a neighborhood or are rich, but then it forces people out. So if you count the people who are moving out, that's bad. Oh my God. It's a world's full of contradictions and ironies. And you have to pause and think and reflect and discuss and analyze. Nah. Let's just boil it down. How many how many letters do they allow you on Twitter these days? I forget. One hundred forty. I don't know. Oh, I think maybe. good for knowing that. I think Elon I Musk's going to change that. He's going to get it down to fifty. Yeah, if you can't get your message out in fifty letters, boo on you. 
I don't know if he's going to do that, folks. I just said that. The point is, that's one analysis. Then there's, then there's just like boiling it down. You know what I'm saying? So, what was Pritzker supposed to do, ladies and gentlemen? That's so bizarre. The Republicans are thinking now that COVID is, the COVID fear is behind us. Let's pretend that we all believe that Pritzker was wrong to shut down the state like he did. People were freaking out. You guys have short memories. People were freaking out with COVID. I still am freaking out over COVID. Some people are. So, uh, Mayor Lori Lightfoot did not share my fear. You notice that, D? She wasn't really afraid. You notice that? Oh, she like, got a haircut and everything. <laughs> the sky game, the middle of the surge, no mask. So, uh, it's interesting to hear that appeal. I don't think it's going to work statewide, D. Just throwing that out there. And, you know, I think most people yeah. in the state realize that it was a really crisis <laughs> that covid thing oh yeah. read the room dude you gotta trash the other guys running call darren bailey a douchebag that is correct <laughs> don't focus on pritzker right now see what everybody else is doing or- well you know here's so what he's trying to do oh god well, why even explain this stuff he's trying to prove he's a good republican by trashing pritzker uh yeah, he's so. still trying to. He's still on stage one. These guys yes. are on. Oh, okay, I see. J- Jesse, just admit it. Richard Irvin stole your spot. Just admit it. Okay. So just get out of the race, whatever. Well, it seems like the other candidates are still on stage one, too, like trying to prove they're a Republican. Darren Bailey, he's for sure a Republican, without a doubt, right? Yeah. I, I wouldn't. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Darren Bailey. For the, mo- I gotta give Dennis credit for this. The God, guy who sued, the guy who credit. sued Pritzker, I yes. have a feeling is Republican. He sued Pritzker over masks. <laughs> yeah, that's all He's, your response needs to be yeah. to Irvin. Like, hey, yeah. dude, I sued the governor. Over, I wouldn't want to get Madigan kicked out of the state house because I wouldn't wear a mask. You know, which is not going to get you a lot of votes in the general election, but might get you a lot of votes. Just saying, in the Republican primary, which is your first objective. To get out of the Republican primary, to get into the, to win the Republican primary, to get into the general election. So that's the state of MAGA. That's the state of the Republican Party. I can't worry about the insanity of the Republican Party unless they take control of government. Then I got to worry about them. Richard Irvin's like, well, I have this proof that you did support J.B. Pritzker. He's like, well, yeah, I got this proof. I sued his ass. That is correct. I don't know. I don't know, Richard Irvin. You just should have just run as a moderate. Say that you represent the Jim Thompson wing of the Republican Party, the Jim Edgar wing, and that you believe that Joe Biden won fair and square and that you voted for Barack Obama because he's a son of Illinois and you think he was an admirable president. He did a great job. You know, you supported, you know, guys all love Mayor Daley. Every single one of you Republicans love Mayor Daley. You know, I was like, and then hope that, there's a sliver of the Republican Party that still clings to those beliefs. Hey, one is an Adam Kinzinger Republican. You know, I don't know. I got to figure 20% of the Republican primary vote D is with Adam Kinzinger. Maybe I'm wrong. What do I know? I'm a guy in an attic. Yes, you are. But it does make you wonder, though, is Adam Kinzinger kind of watching this and going, oh, God, I wish I got in that race. No, I think he's moved on. But. I mean, and this is exactly the point I was making. If Adam Kinzinger were in this race, I would say he had a good chance of winning because everybody else is just fighting for uh, the MAGA vote. And he would be saying, look, MAGA, you're not going to vote for me. So um, 
the rest of you vote for me and then worry about <laughs> worry about things in you know the fall when you're the candidate presumably all right more- election advisor ben Jarofsky with the the following stipulation if anybody had any brain they would not listen to my advice go ahead yeah election advice from ben Jarofsky. he's never ran for anything guys <laughs> That is not true, by the way. Oh, clarification here. Correction. Really? Uh, yes. When I was in oh, seventh good, grade. This White Sox fan club or whatever. <laughs> hey, that was a high point of my adolescence, the White Sox fan club. Don't. <laughs> my apologies. By the way, if there were still a White Sox fan club for old people, I'd be in it. You know? Well, I bet there is. Look it up. Elders for the White Sox. All right. More <laughs> tweets. Hail to the tweet. Gary Rabine. Oh, God. Now, when I searched Gary Rabine's Twitter feed, feverishly hunting for something to talk about, didn't have to look far at all. Ben, guess what? Gary Rabine has a campaign ad. Oh, do we actually hear him? Is it about ping pong? No. (laughs) Is it about paving parking lots? Of course. Is it about being a great governor for the state of Illinois? Hardly. Let's take a listen to the latest ad from Gary Rabine. Something that lasts, you start at the bottom. At age 10, Gary Rabine was delivering papers and dumpster diving for cans on Chicago's northwest suburbs. And on that foundation, he built paving businesses that have employed thousands. Gary Rabine. Gary knows firsthand that some problems aren't just on the surface. That's why Gary Rabine is ready to clear away the career politicians to pave the way for a stronger future. Conservative businessman Gary Rabine for governor. If my dad were still alive, he would have voted for him with that ad right there. Bunch of uh, asphalt equipment and stuff. Oh, my dad would have been like, hell yeah. It, interesting thing. First of all, the voiceover. Uh, Dennis, you sure you didn't do that voiceover? That sounded like your Sam Elliott imitation. Gary Rabine paves parking lots like nobody's business. Uh, yes. Uh, it does, doesn't it sound like the everybody? I think Dennis is uh, moonlighting as a voiceover guy for Republican commercials. Sorry, I'm I'm watching this Gary Rabine ad again. Man, it's some badass. Wait, but he again he doesn't talk in it, so no. we don't know what does he does he even say? I'm Gary Rabine, and I approve of this no, message. No, 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 he didn't say that. He's trying to get elected governor without have anybody ever heard hearing his voice. Wow. Uh, all right. So the other thing is I love on the, the Northwest side, and I'm like, you know, everybody wants to say they're from Chicago. So they look like they're tough, which is a whole weird thing. I don't understand. Cause I'm not from Chicago. You know, everybody's like, well, I grew up in a, uh, it's like, oh, I'm from Chicago. Oh, really? Uh, what high school did you go? Well, I, I, I went to Hershey high school uh, in Arlington Heights, but uh, we actually moved to Arlington Heights. I'm really from Chicago. But I can never understand that D because not being from Chicago. Like, why would you, why, if you're not from Chicago, why aren't you proud of wherever you're from? I don't understand that. But Ray Bine is, everybody wants to like look tough. I'm from the Northwest suburbs of Chicago. I uh, dumpster dive. <laughs> the Northwest suburbs. Like, but the way the guy says it's, it's like he's saying he's from the tough streets of Chicago. It's the Northwest suburbs guys. It's, I don't know. It's suburban, you know, it's not that tough. But he was on the tough side. Ever know that people? Uh, yeah, Ben, I grew up in Winnetka, but I was from the poor side of Winnetka. Okay, just want you to know that. Okay, okay I'll take take note of that. The poor side of Winnetka. Anyway. All right. Now uh, there is more unfolding in the Secretary of State race oh. and candidate Anna Valencia's emails and spouse. But we're going to unpack all of that next week. Honestly. Yes. 
Honestly, Thank you. We yeah. need a break from the Secretary of State race. Dude. Yeah, I just and honestly, I just need a break from Alexi Genulius. Hey, Jerry, how you doing? <laughs> he said, I'm doing pretty good. What are you doing? Not nothing. It's a Saturday morning. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> huh? What was that? <laughs> this is a 2022 <laughs> Illinois <laughs> primary <laughs> election <laughs> candidate update. That's what it was. Okay. <laughs> That sounds like the guy who uh, was the Gary Rabine voiceover dude just saying. Okay, now to the news in the city of Chicago. And my, oh my, I love election season. From the governor's race to the back alley brawl known as the Chicago mayoral election. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) These things get nasty. Right now, we got two people in the alley, all right? They're just talking trash at the moment. No fists have been thrown yet. But it is the question every political know-it-all has been asking. Wait, hold on. I think I see her shadow lurking in the alley. Is Mayor Lori Lightfoot running for re-election? And well, it's looking like the answer. Of course, yes, she's running for re-election. She is getting her team assembled at the moment. This week, Lightfoot's political operation began lining up a fundraising team, putting her a step closer to announcing a re-election bid. Who are we kidding? She's running. (laughs) Says here, civic leaders Laura and Brooke Skinner Ricketts, that name sounds familiar, commercial insurance executive Charles Smith and restaurateur Sam Sanchez have been named finance committee co-chairs. All four of Lightfoot's fundraisers have strong civic skills, key for any fundraiser, and they also have some political bona fides. Translation, they're all very rich. (laughs) In a statement to Shia Kapos in Illinois Politico, Lightfoot praised the four, saying they've spent this pandemic doing all that they can to help Chicagoans in communities across the city. I am humbled to have a couple of Ken Griffins. I mean, I'm humbled (laughs) to have their support. Lightfoot's finance team is jumping into a campaign that saw positive numbers for the first quarter of 2022. Lightfoot's political operation saw its strongest fundraising since her 2019 election, raising more than $800,000 and reporting more than $1.7 million in cash on hand. All right. I just want to remind everybody, every time we have a conversation about the upcoming mayoral election, I feel compelled to remind people that we have a uh, runoff system. You got to get to the runoff if you don't get more than 50 percent of the vote. At this moment, I do not believe any candidate will get more than 50 percent of the vote. Uh, But I do believe Lori Lightfoot will be in the runoff as she runs. I think everybody agrees on that if. You just stop and think about it, ladies and gentlemen. She's the sitting mayor of the city of Chicago. Uh, you know what, D? I had this thought. <clears throat> and I'm going to get a lot of trouble with my lefty friends for this one. But I'm like, why do incumbents have such a decided advantage over non-incumbents? And there's a lot of reasons. Well, they have money. They, uh, they got endorsements. Uh, the, the entire system's behind it. I also think there's a lot of voters who are confused by the concept of an election. Now, follow me on this one, D. I may write a column about this. And a lot of voters, they don't realize that they're being asked to choose who they want to be the mayor of the city of Chicago. They actually think it's like a trivia contest and they're being asked, who is the mayor of the city of Chicago? So they will automatically vote for Lori Lightfoot. Well, I got that right. You know, <laughs> that now I'm actually I'm not insulting them. I'm giving them a rational explanation for some of the weird things they've done, like elect Rom after he closed 50 schools. I think most of the people in the city of Chicago go, no, Ben, you don't understand. This question isn't who is better qualified to lead Chicago, Rahm Emanuel or Chewy Garcia. The question is who is? 
the mayor of the city of Chicago. It's like a Jeopardy question. Or what's that one? How you want to be a millionaire? Where you go, is that your final answer? Is that your final answer? So that explains it. So by that basis, I think she will get a sizable number of votes. People go, well, duh. Oh, I got it right. (laughs) Give me another question. Who's the coach of the Bears? By the way, at the moment, I can't tell you who the coach of the Bears is. I can see his face. I just can't remember his name. Dick Vermeil. No. It's amazing. I can't remember that. I see his face, D. They, got, they just hired his Uber Flus or something like that. I don't know what his name is. Anyway, the point is, I would flunk the Bears coach trivia question, but I would get it right. I'll make who the mayor of the city of Chicago is. Lori Lightfoot is the mayor of the city of Chicago, ladies and gentlemen. And yes, that's my final answer. And I don't need a lifeline. But wait, there's more. <laughs> more please reelect me campaign hires. Along with a fundraising team, we have a new media consultant. It's Eric Adelstein. He's founder of Chicago-based political media firms AL Media Strategy and Adelstein and Associates. He was 27 when he served as Illinois State Director for the 1992 Clinton-Gore campaign, consulted for President Barack Obama's re-election campaign, and has advised the Democratic National Committee, Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee, and the Democratic Governors Association. He and his firm also have advised Georgia Democrats, including Stacey Abrams and Ralph Warnock. Well, I hope you're good at lying. (laughs) D, help me out. Who was the guy, the bro, who ran um, for uh, state's attorney uh, against Kim Fox? Uh, Bill Conway. I think this kid, uh, Eric uh, Edelstein, worked for Conway. Let me look it up. Hold on. Let's see. Hold on. Just bear with me, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, you need me to stall? Yeah, stall. First half of spring has been very wet throughout the state, as many locations from Cairo to Mount Carroll have received over six inches of rain just since the middle of March. doesn't really matter. I think it's the same guy. If it's not, I humbly apologize. If it is the same guy, he's the one who trash-talked me. Remember when I wrote the column oh, about yeah. that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, if it wasn't you, Eric, I apologize. But if it was you, that was pretty funny. He sent me an email trash talking me because I wrote this. I wrote a column about how they uh, used the clip from our show. Remember? Remember that, D? Mm-hmm. Uh, in their commercial. Kim Fox swore. <laughs> What's such a big deal? She said the word. Can I say it, D? This is not going on long, no, right? Go for it. Go for it. Uh, she said the word bullshit. And they, they made a big deal out of bullshit, bullshit. Remember that commercial, D? Uh, and uh, and then I wrote about it, and I think it was him that trash talked me. So hey, you know what? I like a commercial, uh, a campaign aide who's not afraid to trash talk lefties. No kidding. Do it again, Eric. Did you hear this? Do it again. But if it wasn't you, Eric. I humbly apologize. Yeah, I tried looking, and I didn't see anything either. Uh, more, yeah, probably wrong. <laughs> and more hires, more than likely. Deborah Cossey Lane is her new political coordinator. She recently served as the financial secretary, treasurer of the Transit Union Local 308. She has been a member of her union for 31 years. And finally, Valerie Martin is general consultant. Martin co-founded Silversmith Strategies, a national political consulting and media firm that creates TV and digital advertising and develops campaign plans. The political announcements came as potential challengers start making moves on City Hall's top job. Ben, do you recognize any of these names? Uh, no, I'm a little embarrassed to say, uh, no, <laughs> except for Eric Adelstein, which I could be wrong on. 
<laughs> oh boy. <laughs> no, I don't. I'm not one of those guys that hangs out with consultants though. That's, you know, that could be a problem there. You know what I'm saying? D? Huh? Huh? I'm not like hanging out with them. Let's go have lunch. Don't really do that. And hey, hang out with guys like you. Yeah, that'll get you nowhere. You're in an uh, attic. I'm in a closet. All right. And speaking of, as we get closer and closer to that primary, wait, let me look out back real quick. Oh, my God. I do see more shadows lurking in the alley. We'll find out who else is looking to make a run. But first, the two who have made the election announcement official. First up, Alderman Ray Lopez. No new news from Lopez that's announcing last week. Ben Jarofsky, any new thoughts, revelations, or any new feelings toward Lopez since last uh, week? No, I just urge everybody to listen to the interview that we did, uh, that I did with Ray Lopez last Thursday. Say what you will about Ray Lo. Who was I talking to? There was some left I was talking to. Just I can't believe they were really giving me a hard time. Why do you even have them on your show? Like, I, I don't know. I, I like talking to the guy. <laughs> it's always fun to talk to Raylo. I don't agree with him on anything or on many things, but why wouldn't I talk to him? Anyway, uh, so I urge everybody to check out that interview from last Thursday, I want to say. All right, and we have one more candidate to announce. Okay, Raylo, take it easy. My goodness. <laughs> and what can we say? The man loves running for elections. Former mayoral candidate, and boy, he really hopes in a few years we can call him incumbent, Mr. Dr. Willie Wilson. Yes, he's running for mayor, and yes, he has money. Wilson said Monday he's bankrolling his campaign to the tune of $5 million. Ben, what were your thoughts when you first heard the news? Were you surprised? And why not give Willie a shot this year? Okay. Uh, no, I was not surprised. I uh, I, think, I don't think anybody in the city of Chicago was surprised. Uh, and no, I will not be voting for Willie Wilson. Willie Wilson is a MAGA man. He's a Republican. Uh, again, again, Willie Wilson, I, I ask you just... Admit it. And by the way, Willie Wilson's been on the show a few times on a uh, shameless promotion. Uh, there were two great moments of uh, Willie Wilson with Troy LaRavier. I don't know if you remember that one, D. Mm -hmm. uh, they were in the studio together. And Will, my favorite of all time, Willie Wilson with Monroe Anderson. Uh, <laughs> Willie, that's the business in you talking. Uh, and, uh, you know, around Monroe and Troy, Willie admitted that he was a Republican. He voted for Rauner. He voted for Trump. But not trying to pretend he did it or like there's personal. So I, that's just fundamental one-on-one, you know, and the reality is he has no chance of winning D as a MAGA man in the city of Chicago. There, I said it. It's going to be hard enough for someone like Raylo. And Raylo made a point when he was on the show last week of saying he voted for Biden. I don't know if you caught that, but he did say that. And Willie's response to the question is that's a personal question and I'm not going to answer it. Like, okay. It's not a personal. <laughs> is the same thing going to happen like every other time Willie runs or? Will, if Willie Wilson stays, he will not make it out of the first round. Again, ladies and gentlemen, remember, you got to get more than 50 percent of the vote. If no one gets more than 50 percent of the vote, the two top candidates go against each other. I'm going to keep reminding you this because I've seen a lot of analysis that say, well, Willie Wilson will take votes from Lori Life. It doesn't matter. He won't take enough votes from Lori Lightfoot to keep her from being the number one vote getter in the first round. I'm sorry. Willie Wilson's voters, whoever they may be, are not Lori Lightfoot's voters. And so then let's say Willie Wilson manages to come in second. Like There's so many candidates in the race. They split up the vote and he comes in second. He will not defeat Lori Lightfoot one-on-one in the city of Chicago. He voted for Trump. 
Okay. I think it was 85% of Chicago voted against Trump. So I'm not great at math, but 85 to 15, <laughs> that's a hell of a, a steep hill to climb, to put it mildly. So uh, I do not believe Willie Wilson has a path to victory to be mayor of the city of Chicago. And I'll tell you what, D, if by some remote chance I'm wrong, Willie Wilson's going <laughs> to. By the way, D, I lost a bet to Monroe. He just, he, oh, God, is he trash talking? I'm going to have to put up with him on <laughs> next Wednesday. Uh, I was wrong. He was right on uh, whether Tim Evans supported Jane Byrne in 83. Boy, my memory's off. And he sent me articles approved at, uh, excuse me, Tim Evans supported Jane Byrne in 83. He sent me articles uh, demonstrating that point. It pounded his chest, trying to figure out which restaurant he wants to go for for lunch. Four years ago, Willie Wilson won a little over 10% of the vote in the first round of the mayor's race. He went on to endorse Lightfoot in the runoff, a move that was credited with helping her win over conservatives with black voters. Yesterday, well, earlier in the week, Wilson said he regrets making that endorsement. He said it was a hell of a mistake. Uh, Wilson's big complaint about Lightfoot is her handling of the pandemic. He said you should not shut down churches because of COVID-19 uh, when you don't shut down the marijuana places. Our religion is sacred. This lady, the mayor of Chicago, had the nerve to come into churches and tell them to close down and give them tickets if they refused. I totally resent that. Well, we talked about this with Monroe a little bit, and uh, that we're going back to the early days of the pandemic. Willie Wilson, he showed up at a north side church. I remember very clearly uh, the church was defying the order that uh, they not be open in the middle of the pandemic again. Uh, and yeah. Everybody was just stumbling as to figure out what to do. Those moments of the early moments of the pandemic and Lori life had stumbled more than a lot of people. Let's put it mildly with her whole banning. I, I would be hammering her on, on closing the lakefront, which was utterly absurd, but there is that contrast that will play well downstate between allowing marijuana dispensaries to be open. That's what he's highlighting more liquor stores to be open, uh, which is something other people, the uh, Darren Bailey has highlighted in the past, and closing churches. And I think that will resonate with downstate voters. Again, he's not running statewide. He's not running for mayor of Alton. He's running for mayor of the city of Chicago. And I don't think that argument is going to play well in a general election against Lori Lightfoot. Just me saying Lightfoot responded, saying it's that season. People are going to jump in. People are going to try to distinguish themselves. But what I'm going to do every single day is focus on doing the job that the people elected me to do. This is Wilson's third try for mayor. He also ran in 2015 when he also received about 10 percent of the vote. Should he win over those voters again? And depending on how many other candidates get in the race, Lightfoot could be pushed into another runoff. Yeah, she, she take could out of that sentence will be pushed into another runoff. And uh, uh, but I, I again, I don't think the people who vote for Willie Wilson in a primary or any election are Lori Lightfoot voters. Anyway, D, that's my thoughts. Well, on that. there's not many candidates in the race here. We got Ray Lowe and Willie Wilson. So not a bold statement here. But if I had to pick between the two, I'd pick Willie Wilson. Oh, my God. Dennis is wearing a Willie Wilson for mayor T-shirt. 
you and Willie Wilson don't see eye to eye on anything. You just like him because he comes on our show, whatever we ask him, and because he gives money away. No, I have a theory on Willie Wilson, all right? I think, first off, there is some truth to what uh, his campaign has said before, that the, the Republicans and conservatives are kind of the only side that takes him serious. No one on the left takes him seriously. Yeah, because they don't agree with anything he says. He's a Republican. That's like saying no one on the left takes Gary Rabine seriously. He's a Republican. It's true. Why would anybody in the left but, support Willie Wilson? But if He's they a did, Republican. if they did and threw money his way, I guarantee Willie Wilson would follow the money. Whoa, you're even more cynical than I am. You're saying Willie Wilson doesn't believe the things he says, that if the Democrats supported him, he would have banned all his principles, just like Richard Irvin has banned all his principles? Yeah, man, it's politics, <laughs> dude. It ends up being like Rom, Lightfoot. When they're running, boy, they sound like they're Democrats. Then they get in, and they kind of sound like conservatives. What if, what if the opposite happens and you vote for Willie Wilson? He sounds like a conservative (laughs) when he's running, then he wins. Next thing you know, this guy's sounding like a Democrat. You know what? I hadn't thought of that. In other words, uh, this is stealth candidacy. In other words, he's somebody other than who he says he is. In other words, he's just waiting for his moment to reveal who he really is and he's going to turn into the next i don't think it's that complicated i <laughs> Wait think a minute. if you like willie wilson he will follow that and try to cater to you he will he will follow the money and he will follow the popularity that's what i'm well saying. would willie wilson this is a a question that uh your point prompted would woody woody, wilson, woody harrelson woody, that's hard hard to say willie wilson you try saying that ladies and gentlemen 20 times um will willie wilson <laughs> <laughs> rules Chicago as like a Democrat, or we're, will he rule Chicago as a Republican? Now, there are those who would say, and this is to Dennis's point, that the economic principles of mainstream Democratic mayors like Lori Lightfoot, Rahm Emanuel, Mayor Daley are not different uh, that much from uh, the uh, economic uh, principles uh, of Republicans like Mitt Romney, uh, uh, Scott Walker. In fact, I've been known to make that argument many times. So maybe it'll be the other way. Maybe Will, Willie Wilson will get elected mayor of the city of Chicago and would rule reign like he were Bernie Sanders. Uh, I, I will think about this, uh, D, as I'm walking later tonight. Let's hope it's not raining while I'm walking. Think about it. Rainy other day. Think about it. But if there was a two, I would pick that. But I swear, Neil Salas Griffin, dude, if you listen to this show, if you're listening at all, <laughs> run again, man. You had that cool documentary. You're the only likable person in that damn show. Run again, man. You may have a good shot. Uh, yeah, the show I think you're talking about is City for Sale. Uh, Steve James, epic documentary about the mayoral election. City so real. City so real. City so real. What did I say? City for Sale. Oh, well, it's probably more to the point. You cynical but, man. Yeah, am I jaded? <laughs> Sorry, Steve. <laughs> No, if Neil, yeah. if Neil Salas City's Griffin so announces he's running, that's my guy. Yeah, I uh, let's bring him back to the show and ask him for real. Run Neil, yeah, I will bring him back to the show. And he's a great guest. If that, Man, how did I? City for sale. It's what a what a great name. <laughs> I'm just like, whoa, city for sale, <laughs> candidates for sale. Yes, I'm with you. Let's bring Neil back. Just think about that Willie Wilson theory I have. I'm going to think about that as I walk tonight. It's the city of Chicago. What is a Republican? What is a Democrat? You know what I mean? It kind of seems like it's all kind of muddy anyway, right? When it comes to uh, uh, the way they uh, spend money and the neighborhoods that get the money 
and the the attitude of trickle down that they have embraced, I completely agree with you. I can see no distinction between Chicago Democratic mayors uh, and the Mitt Romneys of the world. They all basically believe in trickle down, and that's the the guiding principle of uh, of economic development in the city of Chicago. So I can't argue with you on that point because I've been making that point for the last. Ooh, hold on, <laughs> let me do the math. Thirty years. Like, I don't, I, for some reason, I just don't see Willie Wilson having a big face off with the teachers union. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong on that one. Now, now that's a whole other interesting point. Like, would Will, Willie Wilson have the animosity toward the Chicago teachers union that uh, Rom and uh, Lori Lightfoot had? And I can make the argument that he wouldn't. I can make this argument uh, because I felt that Rom and Lori felt they needed to prove something to the world by picking on the teachers union, they had to prove to the world that they weren't lefties and that they were going to show that they were centrists. And they were, there's this attitude that so many Democrats have that's the beat up the most democratic parts of the democratic coalition in order to prove that they're not Democrats. That's so weird, but it's so like on target. So it could be, you're making the argument, the compelling argument that, that Dennis is making is that Willie Wilson will feel no compulsion to, pick on or caught provoke fights with lefties because he realizes he's not a lefty and everybody knows it. So maybe, maybe you're right. On the other hand, he is, he did vote for Bruce Rauner and Bruce Rauner from the moment he entered the public arena was waging war on the Chicago teachers union until the moment he left the, the arena. So there is that day. There's also that. So open question. By the way, uh, Willie Wilson has sent me no money, nothing like that. He sent you a gas card. By the way, did you see that article about the the companies? Oh, God, Chicago politics. The gas stations donating to Richard Boykin. Did you see that article? No, no. Yeah. Uh, Richard Boykin is running for Cook County Board President, close ally of Willie Wilson. Uh, And some of the gas stations that were were Willie... um, did his gas giveaways uh, donated to the Boykin camp. I, for, I can't remember where I read that article. Somewhere I read it. Now let's go to our hopefuls. So those who are thinking about running for mayor, they haven't really announced it yet, but like I said, I see a lot of shadows in that alley. I think they're <laughs> going to be coming out in no time. Holy crap. All right, let's go through this here. First up, Representative Mike Quigley just transferred $53,300 into his newly created Quigley for Chicago campaign fund to pay for polling conducted last month about a potential run for mayor. Oh, we talked about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, creating the fund doesn't mean Quigley is formally announcing... Come on. But he needs to have a campaign fund separate from his congressional fund to pay for the polling he did on the mayor's race. Paul Vallis, a former Chicago Public Schools CEO who ran for mayor four years ago, has filed with the State Board of Elections to create a Vallis for Mayor campaign fund. Vallis hasn't formally announced either. And like we said, Willie Wilson, a philanthropist who also ran for mayor four years ago, is expected. All he announced this week and uh, others mulling a run. Chicago Alderman's Roderick Sawyer. Seems like he's always a name. Rod Sawyer will be our guest uh, at the hideout on May 3rd. I want to just take this moment to promote it. And he'll be coming on the show uh, probably next week. Uh, So uh, Rod Sawyer, Alderman of the Sixth Ward, son of a former mayor. Indeed, that's probably why you think of him always as a contender, because just because he has that Sawyer name, they always throw him on the list. He's always on the list. He is thinking about it. He told me he was thinking about running for mayor. I was going to say, Mr. Sawyer, if you're listening uh, and you haven't made an announcement, I'll get ready for Jarofsky to start needling you on (laughs) 
in May. State reps right. LaShawn Ford and Cam Buckner, who we've had on the program. And LaShawn Ford. Yeah. Good friend of this show, LaShawn Ford. Very true, very true. Chicago Teachers Union Vice President Stacey Davis-Gates is still rumored. Uh, former City Building Commissioner Judy Friedland and Cook County Commissioner Brandon Johnson. Yeah. Uh, by the way, one more time, STG interviewer. She'll be dropping tomorrow. We didn't even talk about her running for mayor, D. Didn't even talk about it. Uh, that may be your sign there, right? Uh, yeah. I just, I told her we're going to, uh, at these three things in my mind, would you follow me on this? She said, sure. And so uh, I picked the topics and away we went. All right. And finally, we just have one more story to cover. And, you know, I felt like something was weird. Something was going on. Like something just seems off. I felt it in the air. I didn't know what it was. Then I realized that today, oh, yeah, we haven't had any corruption stories in a while. (laughs) Danny Solis. Danny. I knew you were going to Danny. <laughs> Heads in the legal community turned this week when documents surfaced showing former alderman Danny Solis wouldn't have to plead guilty to the corruption he committed while serving the city. Without a guilty plea, he gets to keep his cushy pension. Legal heads turned again yesterday when Mayor Lightfoot announced she's instructed the city's law department to file a victim impact statement with the court. Uh, Lightfoot said there can be no doubt that former Alderman Solis violated public trust in profound ways, not the least of which was by monetizing his position as zoning committee chairman for the benefit of himself and others, likely for years. Uh, The question now, does the city have standing in the case to change the result? Yeah, Uh, I I think this warrants a full discussion on the show. Got to figure out who a good guest to have on. uh, Jim Coogan, Adolfo Mondragon, spring to mind. Uh, There's there's the legal issue that we this we're heading down to Justice Smollett territory, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, There's a political issue and a a legal issue. So the political issue is there's uh, it's advantageous to mayors to denounce scoundrels, if you will. Uh, so, uh, just remember when, uh, Justice Millett, that his story exploded into the f- papers, Rahm Emanuel, who was leaving city hall was going around and just pounding his chest. He was outraged, uh, about the fact that Justice Millett was going to be let off without, uh, any punishment, very similar, very similar tactics between, uh, how Cook County State's attorney, Kim Fox treated Justice Millett and how the feds are uh, treating Danny Solis. Uh, and so uh, Rahm actually had the city file suit against Justice Smollett to collect the money that the city spent to investigate his crimes. Uh, and um, uh, so there's similarities between Lori Lightfoot saying the city is standing in this matter because Danny's corruption uh, costs the city money, which is an interesting take to have because Danny was the head. Follow me on this, ladies and gentlemen. Danny was the head of the zoning commission of the zoning committee in the city council when mayor Rahm was the mayor. There was nothing that went through that zoning commission that didn't have Rahm's approval. So is Lori Lightfoot saying that mayor Rahm was corrupt? I mean, all the major uh, TIF programs of the Rahm era, including the 78 uh, and Lincoln yards needed zoning committee approval. Now, Danny Solis was not there at the end because he had to step back because he got caught in a corruption charge. But he was there up until the end. So is she saying that all of these programs are corrupt? Or are we going to go through every single matter that that committee approved to see what connection, if any, there was to Danny Solis? That I would welcome that, by the way. 
And while we're at it, can we do it for Ed Burke and all the TIF deals that he approved as the head of the finance committee? And can we take back the TIF deals? Are the developers going to have to give back to the city of Chicago for the money that they got? Thanks to Ed Burke. I'm just saying, this is called a can of worms that you're opening. You know, and there are those who say, how about how I do this, D? This is how reporters do. There are those who say, some critics say, oh, Ben, that uh, Lori Lightfoot is posturing. You know, just next time you have we have a journalist on the show, watch, D, they'll go, well, there's critics say that she's posturing. <laughs> I'm not saying it. Don't put that on me. I'm just saying critics say it, okay? <laughs> anyway, so uh, it'll be interesting, D. Uh, we're going to have to have that, a greater conversation. I'm going to figure out somebody good to have that. Probably how about this? ask everybody who comes on the show I to got, convert. You know how I, I roll. How about this? Uh, I got an idea for uh, a guest, uh, two people on one show to talk about hmm. this. How about legal, legal, ace attorney, Jim Coogan. We have an eagle- and a bulldog, <laughs> Dan Mealopoulos. Dan Mealopoulos, oh Jim That's Coogan, cool. let's go. That'd be a great idea. And you know who got in touch with me today, by the way? Oh, this is like shop talk. Uh, Aaron Goldstein, I haven't heard him in a while. Oh, AG, hell yeah. got to bring you back, AG. Get ready. Coming back to the show. So, AG, you mean the meanest three-point shooter in all of Albany Park? <laughs> yes. Holy cow. Coming off the bench for the Lane Tech. What were they? What were they back then? The Cowboys, the Indians? I, I can't remember what they were back in the day in the 90s when he played for Lane Tech. Aaron Goldstein for three. Yes. Yeah. Oh, Ben Jarofsky <laughs> for two. Ah, oh, damn. <laughs> He's no Goldstein, guys. Uh, no, that's true. That's true. All right. I think we're done. Remember, you can download yes. previous Ben Jarofsky shows, Benny J bonus interviews, and so much more. ChicagoReader.com forward slash Jarofsky. J O R A. V is in victory, S-K-Y, over 1,300 episodes. Wow. That's that's amazing. All right. I want to thank uh, the man of myth, the legend, the pride of joy of Alton, Illinois, uh, for all the marvelous assistance uh, he gave in this program today. He was up late last night splicing tapes, reading articles. Not, I not try to talk true. to him. Not true um, at all. I woke up at like 10. <laughs> but announce this weekend's lineup for our Benny J. Oh, my God. Segment. One last time. SDG. Stacey Davis Gates. She drops tomorrow. Uh, a, a rookie making her Ben Jarofsky show debut, and she did a hell of a job. Maya Goldberg-Safer. And she we take the deep dive on Brittany Griner. Uh, that that is a subject D I'm mini obsessed with. We haven't really discussed it on the show, though we've now discussed it two days in a row. Uh, you're gonna love that from Jacobin, uh, Micah Udrich, uh, Jacobin editor will be on the show next week. How about that D? Oh, Let yeah. that cat out of the bag. <laughs> I want to send out a shout out to Frank for giving me the idea to have Micah on. Micah is the name plaintiff in a lawsuit. Uh, that has been filed against the city of Chicago to undo the parking meters deal. Yeah. Go, Micah, go. Uh, and then uh, David Ferris. He was sick last week, but he's better. We're going to haven't done the interview yet. Going to do that in about a half an hour. Uh, he will drop as well. So what a lineup. What a lineup that is of great shows that we'll be dropping over the weekend. All right, everybody. Have a great weekend. All right. I want to thank the man of the legend, part of Joy Illinois, without whom this show would be possible. And as David Ferris, uh, Maya, and... Stacey David Gates will tell you back on all they call Dr. D and the D Stamps the Marvelous Give some break, take a minute cash. Have a great weekend, everybody. I think we're done. I think we're done.